0: Welcome to the Conquer Your Draft Podcast, where fantasy champions are made. Welcome back to the Conquer Your Draft Fantasy Podcast. I'm Josh, and with me today is Mike. How are you doing today, Mike?
1: I'm doing well. Uh, this was an exciting weekend of football. I enjoyed the games. I thought there were some really exciting games, some, some absolute surprises and shockers. Uh, the Commanders handing the Eagles their first loss. That was pretty wild. Aaron Rodgers actually being able to do something uh, and, and beating the Cowboys. That was pretty surprising. The Bills losing in an exciting overtime game against the Vikings. I think the Vikings might be real. Um, it was a... I was a great weekend. I thought it was Sunday was exceptionally entertaining.
0: Yeah, that... Uh monday night game was pretty hard to watch you're like just watching the eagles repeatedly shoot themselves in the foot <laughs> yeah it's a rough one <laughs> yeah i just
1: i i don't think the commanders are, are great so it just kind of sucks that they're the ones who hand the eagles their first loss
0: but that's always how it goes right yeah. like you always lose the layup game yeah yeah but, yeah, that was uh, that was pretty tough to watch the the Vikings Bill game. That was probably one of the best ones of the season so far.
1: It's a great game, great back and forth. And
0: you know the Cowboys uh, backers
1: game, you know, eventually got pretty good. Like it also got to a point where it was pretty back and forth, um, which was which was good. But yeah, that Bills Vikings
0: game was extremely entertaining. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, that uh, that Packers game kind of seemed like a personal attack at you. Like Aaron Rodgers said, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know what, Mike, 100%. I can throw the ball.
1: Well, this is what happens when he takes his hands off his nipples and plays football, <laughs> right? Like this is what happens. Like since he's, he's been with the witch doctor doing all these crazy things, he, his performance has not been great. And you'd think he would finally admit that to himself, but he's so stubborn that he won't. And yeah, they finally won a game. Great. I don't, I still don't think the Packers are playoff bound. Like I just, I think the, the right now the Bucks have a better chance. Um, for Brady getting in the playoff spot than the Packers do. But still, it was a good win for them. We'll see how it goes. I, I still think they're they're the Titanic. They're just sinking.
0: <laughs> hey, Tom Brady is 2-0 oh since getting divorced now. Hey, no, I, power
1: to Tom Brady. He's turning it around. He, he is the greatest of all time. He just hasn't been playing well this year. I still think his team, you know, they, they can keep games close with a strong defense. They're still not great offensively. If you get an offense in there that's really cooking, then they're in trouble. I don't think they can go shot for shot with any team, but you're right. Since getting divorced, Tom Brady focusing on football. I'm never more convinced that he'll be back next year. Never
0: been. Yeah. Convinced. <laughs> yeah. I mean, every year we say this is probably it for him. And every year he decides to come back. So
1: now that he's divorced. He, what's the, what's the point? Well, as well. yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> I, I think he'll play until an injury forces him out. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You'd think he like his his one leg has just a brace on it, like his one knee. He's just basically <laughs> a brace. You think that would have done it, but even that still <laughs> hasn't
0: done it, so Oh yeah. No, he needs a catastrophic injury. Not that I'm yeah. hoping that one happens. I just think that's what's gonna that's eventually what Yeah. That's what yeah. it's gonna take for him to be like, yeah, for my own safety, I should probably retire mm-hmm. now
1: yeah it, it was it was a really good weekend a lot of interesting things happened um, and I think I think it's it's making the playoff picture more interesting. Um, it was definitely uh, in our at least in our uh, house fantasy league there um, we um, we had some really tight matchups going throughout the week like there were close games there were there were back and forth there it's starting to tighten up a bit. Fantasy playoffs are only a couple weeks away so I think people are starting to look around saying okay, you should know by now what your team is. You should know, okay, do I need to make moves? Who else is in the league? Can I compete with people? Where am I? Um, you should know by this point, I think, do you think you're a legitimate playoff team or not in fantasy? So um, most teams, I think, what, have... Most leagues play till till week 14-ish in and around there. So just three, yeah, four weeks Yeah, I left. think
0: it usually just depends on how many teams they have go into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. It's usually... Either week 14 or week 15 is their final. I guess it depends on if they have um, four teams, six teams, or eight teams. Yeah, yeah. I think in
1: ours, our playoffs begin week 15. Yeah, they do. I'd have to look at it, but yeah. Because we have eight who make it to the playoffs.
0: Yeah, and I'm in another league where six make it, so the top two teams get a bye week. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I'm in another one where it's only the top four. Yeah. Uh, So that one, I think, only has two that one's playoffs don't start until week sixteen, I think, because there's mm-hmm. the semifinals and then the final. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm uh, officially the only only team in i league so far that has clinched a playoff spot mathematically.
1: You've mathematically clinched.
0: Yep. You uh, you can clinch with one more win.
1: Yeah, I'm like, I'm right behind you by one. Like you're nine and one, I'm eight and two. So I must be able to clinch with one more win
0: because I got yeah, a big I got
1: a big victory this week.
0: A if if win. you if you lose the rest of your season and uh, one or two teams towards the bottom win every game, you could get pushed out just to the ninth spot. Mm-hmm. but with one more win mathematically, yeah, you would be you would be fine.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah, it uh I think because I, I took a quick look at our schedule and I think I've got of the four games I have left for some reason, I play the other two top four teams again i just played both of them and then i've got two <laughs> games that i really should win so it's kind of two and two um i think you have at least one game against the top kind of four top five team um i don't know why i just played these two people and i have to play them again but
0: here we are yeah my final two weeks are a two and two for top teams versus bottom teams yeah
1: okay so you kind of got the same-ish difficulty schedule as me so yeah, That'll make but, that'll uh, make for an interesting finish because you and I have pulled ahead up from the pack there a little bit, which is nice.
0: Yep. I should have had a spotless record, but moving on. <laughs> well, I had, you know,
1: <laughs> you and I were playing each other with our benches. <laughs> that wasn't yep. even a real week. Like I could yeah. sit here. I mean, I did win it, but at the end of the day, neither of us put forward our best effort that week.
0: No. Um, But uh, before we get into the review, we'll go over some some injuries from this past week, because there were some notable ones. So tight end for the Arizona Cardinals, Zach Ertz, is out for the season with a knee injury. Um, That's big. Yeah, it was initially expected he'd be out for a few weeks, but then uh, news broke on Monday that uh, he will be out for the season due to the injury. So that's a very big blow for the Cardinals passing game. Um, and for the already pretty desperate tight end market, he was pretty consistent on the year and now you're without him.
1: Top five tight end. Um, dodged. I dodged a bullet there.
0: You did. Yeah. I was you were trying to... to try to, yeah, he
1: was on my list. I I need, I need a tight end. I needed an upgrade in that position. I had kind of three targets. He was one of them. I'm glad I didn't pursue it. <laughs> I wish you had. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even know I would have. Like, if if the deal I was working on currently didn't go through, that that would have been the next one. And I didn't know he was hurt. Like, I had no idea. Maybe I would have discovered it, but I didn't know.
0: And this is why. Uh, this is why you don't leave trades open on game day because the worst can happen. The worst, thing, exactly. That's why you wait. <laughs> you wait yep. till
1: Monday evening, Tuesday morning. That's when you start wheeling and dealing.
0: Um, Cooper Cup. Uh, just breaking news right now. Scheduled for surgery tomorrow for a high ankle sprain. So he's going to be on the injured reserve out for at least four games. Mm. I would say if he's having surgery, I would imagine it would be more than the four. But I yeah. don't know. These guys are all freak athletes, so the the, the regular come recovery process. I know
1: I, they just come back from things that you don't expect. Um, and yeah. I do think, like for injuries. Uh, I know standings don't really impact fantasy that much in the league, but I do think for injuries, and when you start looking at it, you should take a quick look at the standings because if if the Rams believe they're in a position that they can still make it into the playoffs, then they're probably going to try to get him back as fast as possible um, with all the magic things that they do. So if the Rams drop a couple games in a row, he could be done for the season. Is kind of what I am saying because they'll just say, okay write him off next year. Um, We'll try to bring him back, but that's something I would be a little bit weary of. If you're a fantasy owner of, of Cooper cup,
0: I would say unless things rapidly change over the next two weeks, uh, that they will keep him out because the Rams Mm -hmm. are just terrible right now. Like, yeah, their, their season is borderline over as it is in terms of the playoffs. Um, so I think unless they manage to win two or three games without him, then yeah, they're, they're just going to cut their losses right season off and have him come back healthy for next year.
1: I just keep expecting the giants to fall off a cliff and like, that would be a playoff spot they could take, but it hasn't
0: happened. (laughs) Well, I mean, they're the Rams are the worst in their division. Hmm. So I I think even if the giants fell off, like there's a lot of teams ahead of them who could take that. Yeah. Yeah, so I, yeah, they would have to win out over the next, over the whole four weeks that he's gone, really, to even have a chance. Because, mm-hmm. like, they're three and six.
1: Yeah, that would be a real tough one.
0: Yeah. Uh, Dallas Goddard injured his shoulder on the infamous missed face mask penalty. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he's going to be out for a few weeks as a result of that uh, not no real details as of yet as to what exactly happened other than he will, he will miss some time with it. I would mm-hmm. assume probably something strained or dislocated during that. Right. And Jerry Judy avoided the worst case scenario with his ankle. I know there was a lot of concern that it was his Achilles tendon when he first went down on the first play of the game. Um, but it seems like he's avoided the the worst-case scenario is just a mild ankle sprain, so he's just considered day-to-day right now. I don't know if the Broncos will have him back for this week against the Raiders, but it seems like his, his season should be sh- safe. It, even if he misses this week, he should be back to help the Broncos try to do something with their mm-hmm. season. Again, they're kind of in the same position there. They're not doing too hot either. But uh, we'll move on to our uh, review of last week. So we'll start with uh, the quarterbacks, and uh, you can read the full article and full breakdown of everyone's fantasy performances at uh, www.conqueryourdraft.com. This week's quarterback conquerors, we had Justin Fields, Patrick Mahomes, Tua taigo Viloa, Aaron Rodgers, Just Spite Mike, (laughs) Dak Prescott... Trevor Lawrence, Matt Ryan and Jalen hurts. Matt. So Ryan, would, Yeah. <laughs> what so
1: surprised that was eh?
0: <laughs> yeah. You know what? I I'll, I'll combine talking about him and Justin Fields because it's, mm. it speaks to the same point. Yeah. Um, if your quarterback runs the ball, you will have a good fantasy week because Matt Ryan, the only thing that really brought him into this conversation is because he had a 38 yard rushing touchdown. Hmm which for fantasy quarterbacks is gold. Uh, It's exactly why Justin Fields has exploded over the past four weeks now, Mm because he threw for 167 yards and two touchdowns. That's not a bad game, but it's an average game for a fantasy quarterback. But when you run for 147 yards and two touchdowns on top of it, now that's an elite quarterback. Um, And it's what we've seen from Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson over the years. If your quarterback runs you're going to do very well for fantasy. If yeah. you have a pocket passer quarterback, you need them to have a, a year like Tom Brady had last year where he was just slinging touchdowns left, right and center because without that, the, just the, the way the points are scored, you're, you're not going to be able to come make up for it when you're going up against a rushing quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's for years been an issue. That's, it's like a cheat code for fantasy. Um, something that everyone always says needs to be addressed, and, and it never is. But, I mean, essentially, when, when you've got a r- quarterback like Justin Fields has been over the past four weeks, you have a quarterback and a running back put together in one slot. I mean, it's like when Taysom Hill is playing quarterback and he's in your tight end spot. It's, it's not fair, but what are you going to well, do? He also never does it anymore. Yeah, you, <laughs> on, Hill I mean,
1: has done nothing.
0: <laughs> the way uh, the way the Saints passing game has been going, maybe they will throw him in at quarterback. Who knows? You
1: think you think they do something? But I've watched I've watched a couple Saints game, and I I just think they're being poorly coached and managed right now.
0: Personally, yeah. Well, they're going up against the Rams this week, so it'll be a a battle of the the league's best and brightest in that one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll see how that turns out. Um, some busts for quarterback uh, Andy Dalton for the Saints, yep. uh, Justin Herbert, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Taylor Heineke. So, the Commanders took down the undefeated Philadelphia Eagles, and yet their quarterback had five fantasy points.
1: <laughs> there was also there wasn't a lot of successful passing in that game.
0: No, he threw for 211 yards and an interception well he ran for 10 yards and lost a fumble so he he did nothing in terms of fantasy he was just basically there to hand the ball off because the running game actually did do very well and I think that was by design because they wanted to keep the ball away from Jalen Hurts Mm -hmm. Um, not that it ultimately mattered because they repeatedly fumbled the ball or took stupid penalties so they they did enough on their own to keep the ball out of their own hands but we'll move on to running backs. So, conquerors: Jonathan Taylor, Aaron Jones, Dalvin Cook, James Conner, Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, Jeff Wilson Jr., and Tony Pollard. So, Jonathan Taylor is back.
1: Yeah, a bit of a return for him.
0: Yeah, we talked about it last week. Keep him on your bench. Don't don't give up on him. And uh, he proved exactly why this week with uh, 147 yards and a touchdown. Mm. And uh, Tony Pollard is someone to keep an eye on as well. If Ezekiel Elliott's going to keep missing time, because I I could see the the Cowboys getting rid of Ezekiel Elliott after this year. Really? Well, he's now shown in two different games where Elliott has sat out. He has posted great fantasy weeks Mm. and, and good real life weeks, really. So I think he's shown that he can handle the... The RB1 role for that team. And Ezekiel Elliott's getting older and he's had a lot of injury issues over the past few years, whereas Tony Pollard's younger. He's relatively been healthy. I would say he's the better long term investment for them. But I know the Cowboys and especially Jerry Jones are very fond of Elliott. So they might keep him just in regards to that. But I think the smarter move for the franchise would be to see if they can find a buyer for Elliott and. Uh, Move forward with Pollard. Yeah. At bus for the week, we have Cam Akers, Kareem Hunt, Khalil Herbert, and David Montgomery for the Bears. Isaiah Pacheco and Clyde Edwards-Alaire for the Chiefs and A.J. Dillon. Uh, I won't talk about the Chiefs right now because we're going to touch on them a bit later, but Herbert and Montgomery for the Bears are in trouble with how much Justin Fields is running the ball because he's basically become their running back.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, he's taking all the reps away from them. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. And, and even before that, I mean, Herbert was starting to outshine Montgomery. I mean, Montgomery was still getting the, the lion's share of the workload, but Herbert was the more efficient one. But now, I mean, between the two of them, there was, I think 19 carries on this game, which even for one running back would not be very much. Now you're splitting it in half. It's not a good situation for fantasy. Hmm. Uh, at wide receiver, conquerors on the week CD Lamb, Justin Jefferson, Christian Watson, out of nowhere, Christian Kirk, <laughs> N- Nick Westbrook Akinai. I don't know if I'm pronouncing I that right. I don't even I'm know probably... what that is. He's with the
1: Titans, right? Like he was the one who had that insane yeah. uh, week, like couple touchdowns.
0: Yep. I have no idea if I'm saying that name right. If I am mm-hmm. not, I apologize. Um, Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs, and Amon Ross St. Brown. So yeah, Christian Watson and uh, Aaron Rodgers have a little connection going there, Mike. And yeah, it'll last one week. Yeah, probably. <laughs> that'll be it. <laughs> but uh, we get to see them and uh, and the Titans in Thursday Night Football this week. So a little Watson-Westbrook-Akine uh, action. Yeah, so that'll, be can that'll be an interesting uh, Thursday week
1: considering how those two teams played last week, like that'll be interesting to see. Cause on, I don't know on those short weeks, you often don't see as much offensive push, but I feel like if your offenses for those teams are not moving, then I don't like, I, I just can't see, I can't see either their defenses standing on their heads is kind of what I'm trying to say. So I don't know. It's going to be, it's going to be an interesting Thursday, Matt.
0: Yeah. And so obviously if you're listening to this, it was last night's game. So we have no idea. Now that's gonna go but could have been an offensive explosion could have been by, yep, by or... nipples himself <laughs> by old nipples himself Um uh, could have been uh the usual thursday night uh snooze fest as well who knows yeah yeah good
1: old Raji nips
0: Raji nips yeah. i'll Ren i'll nipples. let you uh <laughs> i'll let you settle on a nipple related nickname for him <laughs> yeah I'll,
1: I'll think on it <laughs> yeah.
0: you you brainstorm some stuff and uh, get back good. to me sounds good um i can't wait to see the title of this podcast episode oh my god
1: <laughs> uh, probably have to be something with nipples <laughs>
0: but i'm not 100 sure yet <laughs> oh yeah this is getting flagged by someone yeah the, yeah we
1: gotta be careful about content like that
0: oh my uh, some wide receiver busts on the week chase claypool cooper cup robert woods and traylon burks wandale robinson juju smith schuster and amari cooper so a few of those are are from injury. Like we already spoke about Cooper Cup's injury, mm-hmm. Juju, Juju Smith-Schuster. He's been the lead receiver for the Chiefs, and he went out with a pretty scary concussion. He's probably going to miss at least this week, if not more. Um, we'll find out more as the the week goes on. But unfortunately, that's all the only, that's all the information we have at the time of this podcast. Um, but hopefully, hopefully, it's nothing too serious for him. We'll move on to our tight end conquerors for the week. Cole Komet, Travis, Kelsey Dalton Schultz, Juwan Johnson and Tyler Higbee. So Cole Komet has basically exploded right alongside Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. He's had, what's he had five touchdowns in three weeks, I think. Yeah. I mean,
1: he finally just turned it on. He's
0: been kind of he did, nothing yep. for a bit. And then, yeah. Yep. And we had a, uh, we had him projected to have a good season this year, and for the first half, uh, it did not look like that was going to happen at all. But nope. <laughs> we finally got there. We'll see uh, see if that carries on. Uh, I had to use him this week, thanks to Mark Andrews being on a bye, and worked out great for me. Uh, thanks to Darren Waller for going on the injured reserve.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, Overall worked out well.
1: Yeah, overall just worked out as perfectly as it seems to always work out. You know, if that yeah. had been me, Comet would have been injured first play. Oh, absolutely. That's yeah. what happens when I trade for a player in fantasy football. For years now, I seem
0: to be the curse
1: that sends a player off and running.
0: Yeah, and I've been basically the inverse of that. I will trade a player away and the week after I trade them, injury absolutely ridiculous complete luck and it's ridiculous. absolutely yep it is 100 percent luck but uh in that regard i've been like teflon and i'll keep it that way i have some busts at uh, tight end for the week Taysom hill which you're very familiar with yeah robert dunyan cameron I finally Drake. got
1: sick of them <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm finally so sick and tired of Taysom Hill. I finally made a move. Anyway, continue.
0: Uh, Cameron Brait, Greg Dulcich, Zach Ertz, and George Kittle. Um, yes. Yeah, so for those unaware, Mike uh, accepted a trade this morning for uh, for TJ Hawkinson, who we were talking about uh, in our uh, rest of season rankings last week, and we're going to talk about it a bit more in the next segment. So you've just given up on DeAndre Swift, eh?
1: Um, You know, given up for the most part, like I think he's still going to be part of their offensive game, but it, to me it seems like he's going to be utilized in specific situations because they seem to really like, who's it Williams, who yep. who've been getting like most of the touches. So that could increase. Like I'm not saying it can't increase and he could have a good rest of the season. I just looked at my situation and thinking well Dalvin Cook and Saquon Barkley are probably going to be my starting running backs so then it's you know am I going to play him in the flex or Cadello Patterson or one of my depth wide receivers so I felt like this is where I could give up where I have a gaping hole at tight end Taysom Hill getting me two points or one point one point one point two points a week isn't good enough not to beat some of the teams in the playoffs that I need to so I just sort of made the decision of, well, of the people I had, I'm thinking he's not going to be as impactful as the rest of them. Because I think Cordell Patterson's going to return to form. I know it's been up and down with him, but I, I do think they will start utilizing him. They should, if they're smart, but who knows. Yeah, <laughs> They don't utilize yeah. Taysom Hill. Like Taysom Hill is your most talented offensive player. And they they refuse to use him in New Orleans, so maybe Atlanta will be the same with Cordell Patterson. But I think they got to use these these two guys. Like they got to use them.
0: Well, I I would argue that Alvin Kamara is their best offensive player. Okay,
1: fine, Kamara, but Taysom yeah. Hill. The fact that he could play tight end, receiver, running back, and quarterback, it's pretty good. Like you could be using him in a lot of trick plays, but for some reason they just decide they can't throw the ball to him.
0: Yeah, I don't know what they're doing there. And I don't know what the Falcons are doing either. I mean, they had all three running backs involved um, in last week's Thursday night football. Mm-hmm. Especially when it, the game was not that... Like, I, I don't remember what the score was, but it was pretty close. So the game was certainly within reach. Yes.
1: And and they weren't running run the ball. With my players, where Taysom Hill... um. I've, I've, Cordello Patterson, they just refuse to use them in situations where, oh, well, this is where you should be using your top players. And it keeps happening again and again. So I think I finally got, this was three weeks in a row of Taysom Hill doing almost nothing. So I decided I needed to make an upgrade at tight end. And Swift was the only player that I really felt I could give up without hurting me. Because I don't want to give up something that's going to hurt me at this point. There's certain players I need to keep and Swift was one where it's like, well, hit, he might be hit and miss, so I could I could be willing to, to give him up.
0: Yeah, well no, there's a lot of a lot of talk going around that he's still not fully healthy and that's mm-hmm. why they're limiting his usage. Yeah. I mean he only got, I think, six carries in this past week.
1: Yeah, it was a not be- a
0: lot of action. Week before that he had or the two weeks before that, he had nine total carries. Over those two weeks, like he's not being used, and I mean, yes, I can understand if if you don't want, I guess, to make his injury worse. But if he's that not healthy and you're just not going to use him, why didn't you just keep him out longer? Yeah, you know? that's that's what I would think you should do at this point. Especially when you got to look at Detroit. What you know, they
1: three wins, nine or six losses. I think like they're they're probably not going to make the playoffs. So, you know, a young running back, I would say just keep him out then, if that's the case. What, why they, they're they kind of forcing him in there, I don't know, and giving him limited reps, I don't know. Um, I think, hey, some teams like the two-back system, and it seems to work really well for them. You know, one-two punch for some teams, it's great, but you've got, I think you've got to be using these players more. I, I just, I've that's really three that, that I guess were on my team. That I constantly look at and say, like, you're not using them at all. Like you're just not utilizing this high skill player. It's not like, oh, Taysom Hill or Swift, they have like twelve to fifteen carries each for only seven yards, and they're keep feeding them the ball and nothing's working. They're not getting anything. They're not getting opportunities, which is very frustrating.
0: Yeah, the only thing really that's been even made making Swift, I guess stay fantasy relevant is that he's managed to get in the end zone still yes yeah um but even then i mean jamal williams has been getting a lot more of the goal line work red zone work just all of the work in general really so even then you can't really count on him getting uh getting a touchdown because it's not like they're getting down to the, like the 10 five yard line and then swift comes on and he's the goal yeah. line back it just seems to be whoever they to like I'm, I'm pretty sure if Jamal Williams like was didn't need a break or something, they would just keep him on the field in that situation. you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, and it like this trade was not made lightly. like I sat on this was a back and forth deal um, for days, and I sat on this last iteration that was just accepted for at least a day before I accepted it because I was really back and forth on Swift. And whether or not um, I wanted to try to keep him. Um, but at the end of the day, I made the decisions for the reasons that I that I made. Uh, I, my team's better today than it was the day before because I got a position. You know, I can't play four or five running backs. You know, I can play maximum of three. So if I move one of them, get a tight end, which I desperately needed, it ends up being, you know, hopefully going to help me at the end. But you know how my luck is. Hawkinson will be out for the season. After next week.
0: Oh yeah. Like Hawkinson's is going to get hit by a bus. <laughs> yeah. Something, it won't, no, even be, something. won't even be on the field. Yeah. No. won't even
1: be there. Um, before we move on to this week, I just have a quick quote for you that, that uh, I thought would be interesting. Um, I will quick shout out to the Canadian football league. Who's heading into their, their final, their great cup, their version of the Super Bowl this coming Sunday, Toronto Argonauts versus the uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers. But a uh, little quote from Tom Brady. This is a quote he's been, I'm quoting Tom Brady. Okay. I'm hoping I can go play in the CFL at some point and really see what I can make of myself up there because things have gone pretty well outside the country. Tom Brady on his success when playing
0: out of the United States.
1: So Tom Brady is really feeling good about himself after that uh,
0: game in Germany. I mean, he could probably play like one season in the CFL and probably set some insane records, but like <laughs>
1: probably, but there's been so many talented people who have come up to the CFL, and because the game's so different, they found the transition to two down to basically three down football, but two downs essentially, but three down football. The short, like, the, the, you only have 20 seconds to get a playoff instead of the like 40, and still, for some reason, NFL quarterbacks can't get a playoff in 40 seconds. So there has been like Tom Brady is the best of all time. He would definitely come down and and do well, but there've been some really good players at all positions that have come from the NFL into the CFL and haven't made major impacts because they just couldn't get around the different rules. But I, I do agree. If he went in for one year, he'd have an amazing year. He obviously is, is a good quarterback. He would be able to do well. I still, I think he's too old for the Canadian football game because if you can't run as a quarterback, I don't think you can be successful. The pocket pocket quarterbacking in the CFL is just not really a thing.
0: Yeah, that's fair. But I, shout still, out to the I still think it would player. be. I still think it would be pretty interesting to watch. It would be and- interesting to watch. I agree. I don't disagree
1: with that because we've yeah. seen other we've seen other players come up and, and do very well, um, like uh, you know R- Ricky Williams, who who was in the NFL for a couple years and then was out went to the CFL and had a couple good seasons. So it has happened um, at at various positions, but it is, uh, yeah, it it is tough. It it, it can be tough to transition. But shout out to the Canadian Football League. Great cup this Sunday.
0: So we'll move on to uh, our starts and sits for this week. Again, you can get the uh, full article at the Conquer Your Draft website, www.conqueryourdraft.com. So what quarterbacks are starts for the week? Daniel Jones, Justin Fields, and Russell Wilson.
1: Danny Dimes.
0: You really got to sell me on that one.
1: I mean, I almost picked Russell Wilson because, like, come on. But <laughs> um, I, Daniel Jones, yeah, you, you got to talk to me about what, what you're seeing uh, from them. A team that does a lot of running. What do you think that Jones can do this week differently?
0: Well, I'll, I'll explain it in two words. Detroit Lions <laughs> <laughs> Right, That's who they're playing <laughs> The Lions have a weird ability To keep games competitive And mm. yeah, the Giants are going to run All over them And uh, Barkley is going to be talked about In the next part But uh, they have to still Score points And I think Daniel Jones should be able to get At least a touchdown or two against them Maybe even he'll, uh, he'll break off a run And run ha- 80% of the way down the field and then trip over and trip over open nothing. air again. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I've seen him do that. I'm sorry to Daniel Jones, but I've seen him do that multiple times. Like, not that long of a run, but trip over nothing. I have seen yeah. it many times.
0: <laughs> I think he just gets running a bit too fast. Like he, he doesn't have that little self-control to be like, hey, I'm going too fast. I need to slow down. <laughs> just, nope. Gotta run.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: So, I think uh, just based on this matchup, I mean... Whoever is playing the Detroit Lions should have a good week. And if you're in the position where Daniel Jones is in the realm of possibilities for you, you're you're clearly just streaming quarterbacks anyways and going off matchups. They're so. kind of the
1: perfect fantasy uh matchup, it like in the way you're framing it here, because they like you're saying, they keep games close. So it's not a blowout, but you are gonna score a lot of points on them. They are gonna keep it close, so your starters aren't gonna like bail in the fourth quarter.
0: Exactly. Yep. Their, their offense is high powered enough that they're going to put points on the board and their defense is so terrible that you're guaranteed to put points on the board. It, it's, it's perfect for if you're uh, if you're a quarterback, it's perfect for if you're in a situation like Saquon Barkley as well. So we'll move into the running backs, um, Saquon Barkley, Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson and Isaiah Pacheco as starts of the week.
1: Yeah, I want to talk about Pacheco because you've been kind of pushing this guy uh, for weeks, and I'd really love to hear what what you think uh, he can do when he hasn't really done much. Um, but just to finish the thought, yeah, I mean Barkley, Barkley would be the one that I would be looking at saying, "Well, Detroit isn't really going to be able to stop that run, so a high power running game is going to be uh, is going to be interesting to to see what happens there." And that will be, I think, that will be a game where he can finally. Really break through and and have himself a game, and I'm hoping for it. Um, but yeah, t- talk to me a little bit about what you think the Chiefs are going to do differently uh, this coming week in their running game.
0: Yeah, I I think Barkley could be the number one overall running back on the week. But in regards to the Chiefs, so fun fact: Clyde Edwards Alaire did not get a single carry last week. He had exactly zero fantasy points. Because they threw the ball to him twice and he didn't catch either of them. So, so in essence, Clyde edwards did not touch the ball the entire game against the Jaguars. Um, you know who did get the majority of the carries? Isaiah I would Pacheco. It's Pacheco. <laughs> yep.
1: Yeah. If you're gonna throw in a third name, then it wouldn't make any sense. But yeah, yeah.
0: This <laughs> other guy who we're not gonna talk about, but he he got all the work. No, Isaiah Pacheco had more than double the carries than the next closest uh, runner for the Chiefs. He seems to be the guy that when they're in running situations, they're giving him the ball. And when they're in passing situations, they're leaning on Jarek McKinnon. So that is basically put Clyde Edwards, alaire in no man's land. And I have been preaching that for weeks now that he has been hyper efficient and that the other shoe was going to drop. It's here. He has had, I think it's now three, maybe four fantasy finishes in a row that have been absolutely terrible. I think the chiefs have realized Pacheco is going to be the more efficient running back for them probably into the future. Cause they drafted him for a reason. And uh, this week they're going up against the chargers. The chargers have one of the league's worst run defenses mm-hmm. based on how they operate their, um, like how their defensive scheme is. It just allows teams to run against them. And, They've had a lot of injuries, which got even worse over the past week because they had two different defensive tackles who I believe are out for the season now. So an already bad situation was made way worse. I'm expecting that the Chiefs are going to be playing with the lead based on how the Chargers offense has been. Um, Herbert's passing weapons have been, have been gone. He hasn't been able to make up for it on his own, and Austin Eckler can only do so much. He's just one yeah. guy. Yeah. So the Chiefs should be playing with the lead, which is going to lead to them running the ball, and that should be going straight to Isaiah Pacheco. Um, at wide receiver for this week, Darius Slayton, Terry McLaurin, and Chris Olave.
1: Now, you're picking McLaurin because uh, you think that now the commanders are going on a run here because they got one lucky game, one lucky win?
0: <laughs> nope. Uh, so his performance against the Eagles was... Was very good. Um, he was by far and away their uh, their top receiving option. But for the past four weeks now, he has been well and away the top target for uh, for the Commanders. So we've seen a transition away from Curtis Samuel and towards Terry McLaurin. And over the past four weeks, he's posted double digit fantasy points every single time. And he's getting the lowest amount of targets he's had over the past four weeks is eight. That's at the bottom. So that's his floor right now. That is a great floor to have. He is... We we know he's an exceptional football player. His issue has always been the person throwing in the ball. And, I mean, Taylor Heineke's doing it now, so that's not really much of an improvement. But at least he's... No. It seems to be he's, he's comfortable throwing it to McLaurin. And we saw it last night in the Eagles game. He can make it work. They're going up against a terrible Texans defense. I think that the commanders are going to run the ball all over uh, the Houston Texans but in the situation where they do have to pass I think that uh, they're going to be going towards McLaurin and the commander's defense is not very good so I think this could end up being a closer game than maybe people are expecting and that should keep the passing game involved so McLaurin should still stay relevant throughout the game And, like, even when he doesn't score, I mean, he still has good games. Like, he did not score on that Eagles game, but he still had 128 receiving yards. So, you're still happy with that. Oh, yeah,
1: you would be happy with
0: that. So, I don't know that he will score in this one unless he catches like a bomb touchdown, because I think as soon as they start getting close to the the red zone, they're just going to run it in because of how bad that uh, Texans defense is at the run game. But, I think whenever they are at like a third down and over, let's say third down and three, I think they're gonna be throwing the ball. And it just seems like McLaurin is the guy they want to throw it to. There you go. But but yeah, by no means do I think they're going on a run. Yeah, no, they're, uh, <laughs> I dunno I I don't I don't think they're a playoff team. Uh
1: I know no. they're around five hundred now, but yeah, I don't think they uh I don't think they're gonna make it.
0: No, definitely not. And they're uh, they're potentially getting Carson Wentz back, so there's going to be a bit of a QB controversy there, and I don't know really which one would be better for their long-term success yeah. at this point.
1: That's fair.
0: But, uh, we'll move on to tight ends. So we've got uh, Cole Komet, Dalton Schultz, and uh, TJ Hawkinson.
1: In honor of my trade, let's talk TJ Hawkinson.
0: So really, really, talk him
1: up to me here because I just picked him up.
0: <laughs> so, Hawkinson has been pretty heavily involved in, uh, in the Vikings' passing game since uh, since getting traded to them. Um, he's he's basically operating because of how much attention defenses have to pay to uh, Justin Jefferson, and and rightly so.
1: That's I, because he makes the most ridiculous catches.
0: Yeah. That wasn't by far the best catch I have ever seen in the NFL. Oh I don't it even incredible. think it's it it's not even close to compare that to the OBJ one because there was literally a defender like on top of him actively yeah. trying to take the ball.
1: Yeah, and he still held on to it. It's absolutely great. so you I mean it makes sense. It makes total sense why the offenses are gonna you know, flock to him, <laughs> which yep. leaves
0: some open, you know, space. Exactly. And so in the past two games that he's played with Minnesota, he has had nine targets and ten targets. So he has already consumed a healthy target volume in there. And uh, the Cowboys' defense is is good, but as we just saw with Aaron Rodgers and Christian Watson, they they can be beaten, and I think they're going to be dedicating the majority of their defense to avoiding getting burnt by Justin Jefferson, and that should leave TJ Hawkinson, wide open because even with how well jefferson performed against buffalo hawkinson still had a good game
1: Mm -hmm. he
0: had uh Mm -hmm. well in 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 terms of ppr he had a good game if you're in standard format he only had four and a half points that's not ideal but in ppr i mean he had seven receptions so even in standard format if if you're getting the ball thrown to you that much all you need is one of them to be for a big play or a touchdown and your week is set
1: considering considering the tough defense like if he can get eight or seven points against kind of regular or weaker defenses and only four and a half against like a buffalo bill defense you're not going to play the best defenses all the time so there's still that potential i mean the big thing with him is he needs to get thrown the ball for some touchdowns here like he needs some tds but yeah i definitely think the yardage is is good like he he's going to be consistent
0: clearly oh yeah absolutely he's cemented himself into that role um and a big part of it is just just you have to respect justin jefferson you're gonna have to give up something you also have to respect dalvin cook so you can only cover you can only focus on so much right and uh, it seems like he is the third option that people are just willing to say yeah you know what we're willing to risk it and it's working out well for him for fantasy yeah So we'll move on to our sits for the week. So at quarterback, we've got P.J. Walker, Mac Jones, and Matthew Stafford. All right, let's talk Mac Jones. Let's talk about them Patriots. So big Mac Jones has not been having a big season. Um, There's a reason why the Patriots have been relying on their run game so much over the season, even with uh, when Bailey Zappi was in there. It's because... They don't really have confidence in their passing game. In a week 11 matchup, they're going up against who we talked about last week. We're talking the Jets defense. They have been extremely good for fantasy. This is not a great matchup for Jones. I mean, Mm -hmm. the last time that these two teams played, he had a very bad fantasy day. I think they're going to lean on the run game. And, uh, I don't even I don't even know that it's uh, for sure that the Patriots can win this game. Let alone, really? yeah. I mean, I think it'll depend on if James Robinson can, I guess, come to life. It, if if Brees Hall was still here, I would say it would be a Jets win, no problem. Um, but now I think it's going to be a. I think this might come down to like a field goal, and it could go either way. Unfortunately, because both teams have such strong. Defenses and now both neither team really has a great offense anymore. But uh, we'll see. Maybe it'll come down to who does better, Stevenson or uh, or Robinson. But mm-hmm. I am confident that it's not going to be because Mac Jones or Zach Wilson have great games this week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So at running back, some big names here. Uh, yeah, jo- Josh Jacobs. Joe Mixon and James Conner.
1: I mean, I, I had to go Joe Mixon, um, coming off the bye week against Pittsburgh. So
0: you got some explaining to do. So outside, so Joe Mixon has eight touchdowns total on the year, and five of them came in one game. So let's just take that one week out of the equation. You had three touchdowns across the season. And really, only two really good fantasy finishes, one, one or two other like okay ones, and then a couple bad ones. So Joe Mixon, outside of his one insane game, has not been overly productive, and and a big part of that has been because Joe Burrow has been throwing the ball a lot. Right. So now this week they're going up against. They are coming off the bye week. They're going up against the Steelers, who have TJ Watt healthy again and it wasn't really expected that that would make that much of a difference but it did they just limited Alvin Kamara to only 45 yards thanks to having TJ Watt back so it is much harder to run against them now they're gonna have a much easier time passing with uh, Minka Fitzpatrick out I think he is still expected to be out this week because he had uh, he had his appendix removed epic Is that how you say it? I I don't know. I I think so, but uh, yeah. (laughs) I don't know. He had his appendix out. I'm going to stay away from the medical terms. Um, So (laughs) they'll have a much easier time throwing the ball than running the ball against them. Do I think it's possible he gets in the end zone anyways? Yeah, because they'll probably get down to like the one or two yard line and he can just punch it in. Mm -hmm. But I'm not expecting him to have a huge game this week because of how much How big of a change the Steelers defense has made now that TJ Watt is back? Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't. We'll see. We'll see. He's an impactful player, TJ Watt. So I
1: I understand that coming in. I just I don't know. I feel like I would. I feel like I would be tempted to throw Nixon in there anyway, just because it is Pittsburgh and they have rough. But I mean, you don't know what's going to happen with TJ Watt. But no, I mean, you make some good points.
0: Yeah, I mean. Odds are you're probably going to have to put him in because you don't have a better option. Um, but if if you are in a fortunate scenario where, you know, you have a couple of top-end running backs, maybe go with the other two options this week over him. Uh, at wide receiver, Brandon Cooks, Allen Robinson, and DJ Moore. All right, tell me about Brandon Cooks. Well, it's real simple. Uh, Brandon Cooks does not want to be part of the Texans anymore. And when you're in a situation where you don't want to play for the team, it's hard to trust that you're going to be a worthwhile start in fantasy. He he hasn't been a very good fantasy start for the year, anyways. He's only been above 12 PPR points twice on the season. And in this week's matchup against Commanders, like maybe he has a good game, maybe he doesn't, but. I'm willing to heavily bet that he doesn't because he doesn't really want to be there. He's just playing because he likes playing football, really, but he's not motivated. They're not really hyper-targeting him anymore because it's not really worked out for him. And they have Damian Pierce running the ball an insane amount of times each week because he's their best player. Mm. So I think that they're going to run it against uh, the commanders and throw it when they need to, and there's no guarantee that it's going to go to Cooks.
1: Hmm. Hmm. who would want to play with the texans right now
0: you know that's a good question
1: <laughs> like is there anybody who would
0: really want like to, there's just uh, so much play with the texans? that needs to be fixed there
1: yeah they have they have a lot of issues i think that they're clearly in kind of a rebuild mode here trying to put something together but they i think i think their rebuild hasn't even started like they've got so much they've got to do just to get on the right path
0: yeah like they need a better quarterback they need they need help at the wide receiver position their defense is not good no, like no at all it is Cross a sinking ship and damian pierce is just trying to bail water out as fast as he can
1: yeah he's all you we, have really
0: yeah and What I'm scared of is that it's going to be a repeat of Najee Harris because Najee Harris last year came into the league as a rookie, had a huge workload, had a great fantasy season. And now this year, nothing changed in terms of the rest of the offense or the team. And now Najee Harris is terrible. Yeah, because because you can only you can only do that for so long, like even with Derek Henry, like he has bad games because people know he's going to run the ball. Yeah. Derrick Henry's elite. Damian Damian Pierce is a very good football player, but he's not Derrick Henry. And his offensive line is not an elite offensive line either. So I think he'll be fine for the rest of this year, but I'm worried that he's going to follow the same path that Najee Harris did, unless the Texans do something drastic over the offseason.
1: Definitely. They've got to do something. They have to get working, but I don't know. I mean, would you, very quickly, would you be even open to trading Pierce if it meant you got four or five pieces back or really good draft picks to start the rebuild from scratch and like instead of one player we're going to go I don't know their situation pick wise I don't know if they have a lot coming up but if they needed assets isn't he really the only piece they have I mean they could have traded Brandon Cooks but they didn't so they're just going to lose him in the off season
0: yeah I think they should have traded Brandon Cooks to try to get a piece Um I don't think that they'd be willing to trade Pierce just where it's hard to get a rookie running back who it's hard to strike gold there, you know? Um, Cause for everyone who has those breakout years, there's so many others who, who don't pan out. Right. No, that's a good point. Um, or you have like a Travis Etienne situation where they get injured and then you lose them for their full rookie year anyways. So now you got to wait a year for your investment and then hope it pays off. I mean, it has for the Jaguars now, but there's no guarantee, right? No. Um, no. So, I guess what's that? What's that saying? Like a bird in hand is worth more than two in the bush. Yep. That's so, yeah. Unless, like, I mean, if they were gonna get insane value, then maybe. Like, you know, if they could get a couple first rounds or first and a couple seconds, then maybe. But I don't think giving up someone who you know you can depend on and is basically the focal point of their offense. Like I don't think in the first, after the first year is the time to get rid of him. Maybe after year two or three, if he's still producing like this and they're still in trouble, then yeah, they can kind of look at like trading Christian McCaffrey away. Yeah. Eventually, eventually you need to do something drastic to fix it. Yeah. But I don't think after one year is, is the time for that. So I, I don't know what their draft situation is either. So, Maybe they're in a good enough position that they can start plugging away at it this year and and look towards the future. But I don't know. There's just so many holes there. I don't know where they would even want to start. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, but we'll move on to our tight end sits for the week. So we've got Foster Moreau, Kyle Pitts, and Tyler Higby.
1: I mean, I thought Kyle Pitts started to finally get into a rhythm there. So what do you what do you see going on in Atlanta?
0: So he's. Uh, He's getting limited by a couple of things. So Marcus Mariota has not been playing very good football. The no, the uh, Falcons are insisting on running it with everybody, uh, not even just their best option. Just who? Okay, who wants the ball? You get to, you get a turn. Um, it doesn't matter if they're winning, losing, getting blown out. We're running the ball, so not great for Kyle Pitts either. And. He's only had really like three good weeks for a tight end. Only really one crazy week where he had 19 fantasy points. But, I mean, he has posted below five points in all but three weeks on the season.
1: Yeah, disappointing year after a pretty good start last year. Like, he, he had a good season last
0: year, and this has been a disappointing one for him, for sure. He He had an amazing season last year, but yeah, this season... Like in PPR, you're getting less than five points in 70% of your games. That is not good. Um, And now they're going up against the Bears. They're going to be playing from behind, most likely because of how the Bears offense has been, Mm -hmm. which you would think would do well for, okay, we're going to pass the ball and we're going to target our best receiving options. Uh, The Falcons don't do that. And the Bears defense is actually ranked as a top five defense against opposing tight ends. That's one position where they do not let tight ends score on them very much. So it's, it's not an ideal matchup for Pitts in that regard. And then you combine it with all the other, the other factors that we just talked about. And this is not a great, a great matchup. I mean, I know the name value is there, but if you've got someone who's got a much easier matchup this week, go with them. Yeah, that's fair that is it for our uh, starts and sits for week 11 this week.
1: Yeah. Everybody make sure that you uh, go to the website again, that's conqueryourdraft.com. and under articles, you'll find kind of the weekly articles we you know, this one will be posted on Friday. So you've got your weekend review that usually comes in on, on Tuesday and then your, uh, your starts and sits on Friday. So there's always lots of great content there. So check out the website.
0: Yeah, and there'll be a Thursday night preview article. It will have already come out by the time you listen to this, but that comes out uh, Thursday mornings. Mm. And uh, if you have any questions for us for start and sit decisions or advice on holding or trading light players, you can reach out to us uh, via social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Conquer Your Draft. You can email us directly at contact at conqueryourdraft.com. Or you can go to the podcast page of our website and we have a, a a form that you can fill out there and uh, we'll try to answer as many questions as we can. But uh, good luck with your week 11 matchups, everyone. Take care.